Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. And First uh, Kings seventeen thirteen to sixteen, and it's almost Christmas, and you know what that means? Gifts, right? The gifts frenzy. Uh, and so oftentimes, when you think about the gift frenzy, I often think, "Gotta have it, forgot about it." Uh, isn't that kind of true with gifts? You know, the kids want that gift, and they have to have that gift, and they get that gift, and and uh, a week later, they're not even playing with it anymore. And it's not just the kids, it's the grown-up kids, too. It's us, too. We have to have something, and then we get it, and then we are, uh, you know, we get sick of it. I remember Matthew, he shared his, I'm going to pick on him. Matthew was was the worst with us. He had to have these video games. I remember, Kim and I used to fight about this every Christmas. He wanted a video game, he had to have this game, and he wanted it for Christmas, but about a month before, he would be, He'd start badgering me, Dad, I just want to play it now, Christmas vacation, I want to play it now, I want to play it. He's there. And I'd say, Kim, let's just give it to him, we'll get him something else for Christmas, let, let him play the game, it's vacation coming up. You were not giving it to him, we'd fight about it. <laughs> often, often she would give in, and we'd give him this game that he had to have, he was like, you know, you know had to have it, and, and we'd give it to him, I'd give it to him a couple weeks before Christmas, and then get him something smaller at Christmas. And by Christmas, he wasn't playing it anymore. He was done with it. And then after Christmas, right, Matthew? After Christmas, yes, Mike. Oh, that is so true. Mom and I already talked about it. Now, this is the worst part. All these games he had to have, and not just him, but his brothers, you know, they they would then take those games that we spent top dollar for, they'd bunch them together, and then they'd go to some video game store and sell them for a fraction of the cost. My parents know what I'm talking about. To get that next game they had to have, you know? And then we start the cycle all over again. Uh, I'm, I'm picking on, you know, Matthew and the kids, but I think we're all like that, aren't we? We're all like that. We got to have something. And, and wouldn't it be great, though, if we could buy everyone a gift and you give them one gift in their life, and then that gift would morph. It would keep changing. It would grow with them and uh, stay interesting to that, to us. We, it would just Every day we'd still find it interesting. Every Christmas we'd still be excited about that gift. Um, whatever, whatever it is, we'd be satisfied every day. Wouldn't that be awesome if there was that kind of gift? I know Kim would love it. That would be a gift to Kim with 13 kids. You can imagine you know, what, what it's like to try to, to, to find something they like. There is a gift like that. There is a gift like that. We're going to see it here in 1 Kings 17. We're going to see the gift that keeps on giving in Elijah's story. And there's also a Christmas connection. I put it out. Nobody gave me the Christmas connection. But wait till we hit the, the Christmas connection here in a minute, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for the, the, the great, beautiful reminder that we had from the kids of what Christmas is really all about. Baby Jesus who grew up to become our Savior and our Lord. And Father, we just pray that your Spirit would speak to us now through your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, so let me pick it up. First Kings 17, I'm just going to read a few verses that we've done in the past. Once again, you can get the podcast or the CDs or the YouTube and catch up. But we'll start with verse 7, where it says, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once, this is Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked her, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God, your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Okay, so... Uh, We did about three weeks on that one. If you weren't here, go back and listen. Really, really wild. But now we're going to come to today's, today's passage, verse 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The gift that keeps on giving. And it's for us. Wait till you see. It's for us too. But, but the first thing that jumps out at us is that, El- is that Elijah and God are testing this wood- widow, right? They're really testing this widow woman. Verse 13. I'm going to read it again. Elijah said, to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. That he's testing her. Will she trust Elijah and his God? She already knew he had a different God, your God. It wasn't Baal, who they were all worshiping. It was the, the true God. And she said, will she trust Elijah and his God? Make a small cake of bread and then some for yourself. This reminds me of giving to God. The Bible calls it tithing. Also, there's sacrificial giving. Where, we, where the Bible teaches we're to give God the first 10%, not the leftover, but the first 10%. It's a tithe test. Will we give God what he asked for? Will we trust God even when things seem tight? God's word promises us that if we do, we'll always have enough. And if we don't, we'll never have enough. We will, we'll, we'll never have enough. And oftentimes when people are struggling continuously, not crisis times, but continuous year after year struggling, I I often challenge them. I say, are you giving God your first, your first 10%? Are are we doing that? Uh, We see the widow was tested even further, though. She was asked to give up all she had, to give it all to God, to, to use it up. But there's a promise here, which we'll see, and there's a promise in God's word that if we put all we have in God's hands, everything, everyone, if we put all we have in God's hands, we will always be satisfied. Always be satisfied. But if we won't, if we won't put everything that we have into God's hands, we will never be satisfied. It will never be enough. 
Never enough. Also with this widow, I want to point something out here too today too. It hit me. You might be here today and you might be a widow. You might be older. You might be at the end of your rope. You might not have much left in the tank. But learn a lesson. Every one of us, no matter what our age and what we have, God can still use you. God can still use us and the little that we have to bless others in a big way. A big way. Verse 14, next we see uh, Elijah, how he responds. Elijah says, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. He says, he makes a promise in God's name, the Lord God of Israel. Now remember, Elijah's being very specific here. He wasn't saying the, the gods. He wasn't saying Baal. He was very specific, the Lord God of Israel. Elijah's name means... My God is Jehovah. That's what his name actually means. And, and he, he says Jehovah will do this. The Lord God of Israel, Jehovah will do this. Now remember from last time we studied 1 Kings 17, the widow is a type of the Gentiles. The Gentiles. Anybody who's not Jewish is a Gentile. A type of the Gentiles and a picture of our salvation through Jehovah. I know in America, everybody's like, oh, it doesn't matter. There's many roads to, to the, the supreme being, and it doesn't matter how you get there. Well, <laughs> Elijah didn't believe that, and the Bible doesn't teach that, and Jesus sure didn't believe it. Uh, so there, there's one way through salvation. It's through Jehovah. In fact, that's why Jesus said in John 4, when he said, salvation is from the Jews. Because Jehovah had picked them to bring salvation to the entire earth, to everyone who would follow the one true God. And salvation is from the Jews. It's only salvation comes through the one true God, and his name is Jehovah. He has no other name. Anybody who goes by a different name is not Jehovah God. No other name through Jehovah. We must put our faith in him and the bread he provides. And then we're seeing a picture here. This is all type. The bread that he provides to this widow is a picture of the bread that he provides to the Gentile people. Remember we connected it to the New Testament last time. If you weren't here, go back and listen. We did a great study on that. But what is that bread that God provides? The one true God, he provides the bread. What is that bread? No, no. Who is that bread? Who is that? That's Jesus Christ. He was born on Christmas. We don't know when that really was. <laughs> We're celebrating it in a couple of days. Could have been any day. But he was born on Christmas. We don't know where, what day he was born, but we know where he was born. He was born in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means house of bread. House of bread. No accidents. There's no coincidence. There's no accident that, that Jesus is born there in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And Jesus fulfills this, this picture, this bread that Elijah is promising is a picture of Jesus, a picture of the bread that God is going to give to the Gentile people. Remember, we connected it to the New Testament last time. And, and, and Jesus fulfills the type of the flour and the bread here in First Kings 17 and all throughout the Scripture. We see this picture fulfilled by Jesus. Remember what Jesus said, one of the great I am statements in the book of John. He said, I am the bread from heaven. What is he talking about? 
The manna. Manna was a picture too. He was fulfilling the picture of manna being sent down that the people would eat every day to, to survive in the wilderness. And, and he fulfilled the manna. And many other prophetic types. There's so many prophetic pictures that Jesus fulfilled. We see another prophetic type of Jesus Christ. There's many, many of them. Uh, but there's another one I want to mention is in Leviticus 2. Once again, having to do a flour and bread. In Leviticus 2, Verse 1 where he says, When someone brings a grain offering to the Lord, he is offering, his offering is to be of fine flour. He is to pour oil on it, put incense on it, and take it to Aaron's sons, the priest. The priest shall take a handful of the fine flour and oil together with all the incense and burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is the most holy part of the offering made to the Lord by fire. If you bring a grain offering baked in an oven, it is to be consist of fine flour, cakes made without yeast, and mixed with oil, or wafers made without yeast, and spread with oil. So we see the grain offering here, the bread offering. And this is once again another. There's so many throughout Scripture. I'm going to click the dots here in just a minute. But this is the, the, the picture once again of Jesus. Jesus was the bread from heaven. Him being sacrificed, and, and this sacrifice burned up is a picture of Jesus dying on the cross and being sacrificed for us. And notice it had to be without yeast, because yeast represents sin. It's a picture of sin. That's why the bread has to be without yeast. Old Testament, New Testament, the same picture. It's a picture of sin. And notice something, how close the connection is between in both Leviticus 2 and 1 Kings 17. There's a close connection between the bread and the oil. Did you notice that in both places? Because the bread represents Jesus, but what does the oil represent? The Holy Spirit. It represents the Holy Spirit that, that Jesus would leave with us after his death resurrection, ascension. After that, Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit. And, and now we are sustained, sustained by both. Jesus is interceding for us. He's interceding in heaven for us. And the Holy Spirit is indwelling us. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have said, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I repent of that sin. I believe he died for my sin. I put my faith in him. My trust and hope in him. What he did on that cross for me. I put my faith in him. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the dead to prove he was the son of God. And to give me a brand new life. I put my faith in him. The moment you do that, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. At that very, very moment, he indwells us. So we have Jesus interceding and the Holy, Holy Spirit indwelling us. Jesus is interceding for us all the time. Every time you mess up and you ask for help, I'm sure nobody here has those issues, you know. But if you know someone who's messed up and, and needs some help, praise. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've done it about 80 times today already. All right? But, we, but we, when we do that, we, we go, to, G, we go to, the, to God through his son, Jesus Christ. He's interceding for us. He's there for us. He's waiting to give us grace. In fact, in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, if you don't have this memorized. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hebrews 4, 14. Therefore, since we have such a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. And here it comes. 
Here it comes, verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because of Jesus, because of what he did for us, what he sacrificed for us, we can go into his Father's presence before the throne anytime for mercy, which is forgiveness, and grace, which means to help us get through, not to do it again, or not to mess up again, or, or just grace to, to live and go through the trials and the battles and the struggles that we all face. That's the grace that's there. And His grace is enough. Just like the song, His grace is enough. No matter what we are facing in life, His grace is enough. There's enough for us, which we see in 1 Kings 17. In 1 Kings 17, verse 15 and 16, we see the proof that his grace is enough. Look what happens. She, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. There was enough for every day. Remember what Jesus taught us to pray? Give us today our daily bread our daily bread he's talking about physical bread but it's more than that even more than the daily needs he, this is a picture of our spiritual bread of our spiritual needs this bread is not just he's not just talking about physical bread he's talking about the spiritual bread that's, that's what he's talking about are we experiencing that in our life are we experiencing god's grace daily in our life as christians if you've already put your faith in christ it's vital that we come to Jesus every day. Every day for our daily bread. Every day to commune with Him. Communion is not just once a month. We do communion once. It's, it's really just to remind us that communion is supposed to be every day. We need Him every day. Remember they had to collect the manna. The, the people had to go collect the manna every day. They couldn't store it up. It didn't store, did it? It rotted. They had to go out the next day and collect it again. And then again, every day they had to go out. And we, that's a picture for us. Jesus is that bread. That's the manna. Jesus, we need to come to him every day. I'm guessing that you are not going to go home today and eat lunch and say, well, that's enough for the week. That's enough. That was a nice lunch. Uh, I don't need to eat at Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, bypass all those feasts, you know. Gonna, the seven fish going to just... Have to go back in the water. You know, you know, the, 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 I'm guessing we're not going to do that. No, we eat every day and multiple times and sometimes too much every day. But, but we won't go there. Uh, but it, but it, it's the same spiritually. If we, don't, if we don't eat every day, if we don't come to Jesus every day for that communion time, for that nourishment time, for our soul, we, we are going to be spiritual anorexics. Now, if you know anything about anorexia, it, it's the, the tragedy of anorexia, and I know people struggle with it, and we've helped people struggle with it. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm simply trying to make a point. The, the tragedy of it is that the person with anorexia doesn't eat enough. They're starving, really, but they think they look healthy. They look at themselves in the mirror and think, wow, I look really good. But they don't realize that they're really not good. They're, they're killing themselves. They're, they're starving themselves to, to death if they don't get help for it. But many Christians do the same thing, spiritually. Many Christians, 
I would say probably most of us struggle with this, don't we? We, we think we can have an occasional Jesus snack, you know? And, you know, and, and then we think, I'm okay. I'm okay spiritually. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. But we're really spiritually emaciated, aren't we? I would say that's the majority of the American church. Nobody here, but other churches must be like that, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a battle, isn't it? It's no Jesus snack. It, 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 takes time, it takes really spending time with Jesus, the, the bread of life. We need Jesus every day. And not only Jesus every day, but we need the daily oil. We need just, we saw the picture here, the, the bread and the oil always together. We need the, the Holy Spirit too. You see, we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. It's like we get this jug. You know, we keep seeing the little jug of oil, the jug of oil. We get the jug, the Holy Spirit, into our heart, into our spirit. The, the moment we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is there. Can't lose him. All right? But we still need to allow God to fill that jug, allow the Father to fill that jug daily with the Holy Spirit. The jug is there, the Holy Spirit's there, but the, the jug needs to be filled with the full presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Notice that's a command. Be filled, but it's passive. It means to allow yourself. We can't, it doesn't say fill yourself. We can't do it. We can only allow ourselves to be filled. It, be filled. It's a passive there. How do we allow ourselves to be filled? Speak, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how we allow Him to fill. It's a command to allow it, but it's by the Word, it's by worship, it's by prayer, it's by fellowship, it's, it's, uh, it's by the fellowship. There's no such thing as ISO in our life. You know, ISO basketball? If you're a basketball fan, you know what ISO is. That's when they isolate. And teams that do it, the guy just comes up, he dribbles, 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 then he shoots the ball. It's really bad basketball. It's boring to watch. But you can get away with it. There's a lot of NBA players getting paid money to play ISO. But Christians, there's no survival with ISO. There's no such thing as ISO Christianity. If you are by yourself spiritually, you are dying spiritually. You are starving spiritually. You are spiritually anorexic. That's, that's the fact in Scripture. We have to be in the fellowship. We have to be allowing God to fill us daily with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled constantly. There was a song I remember when I was a, a youth pastor... That's years ago. And, uh, and we, uh, back in the 19th century. Uh, so anyway, there was a song. <laughs> oh, it's a long time ago. But anyway, the, uh, some of you are laughing and you helped me with it. Adams, Brian, Diane. Okay. So, uh, so I remember the one song though was Give Me Oil in My Lamp. Do you remember that one? 70s? You're dating yourself. You remember? remember? Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Hallelujah. Now, nobody knows it. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Oh, somebody knows. Then it was, give me gas in my Ford. Keep me trucking for the Lord. And then it was, give me wax on my board. Keep me surfing for the Lord. There's all these, these verses to it. But the point was, it started in California, obviously, surfing. But anyway, the, the, the point was, you, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to keep filling us. 
to keep that fire burning. And, and that, that song is so true. And I was like humming it all morning this morning uh, because it reminded me of that. But we, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us. And if we commune with Jesus Christ daily, if we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, we will experience the gift that keeps on giving. That initial gift, it's going to keep on giving if we, if we are still with the bread and, and the wine. It's going to keep on giving. We're going to experience supernatural peace. We're going to experience supernatural power. We're going to experience supernatural joy that I can't describe it. You, we, you can't describe it. You can't teach it. You can just experience it. It, it, it can be Christmas Day every day. Every day, spiritual Christmas day. We were, I sent out an email this week. If you don't get the emails, let me know. I'll get, get you on our list there. But I sent out the email about the persecuted church. We saw the Christians being persecuted in, in Iran, in China, and the craziness they're going. And if you read those articles, you've been keeping up what they're going through. And their faith, it's unbelievable. Their faith, what? How can they do that? They've learned the secret. They have received the gift that keeps on giving. They really believe it. They're really living it. The gift that keeps on giving. Are we living that? Are we experiencing that? The first step, maybe you're hearing you're not a Christian yet. The first step is you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's our first step. We have to put our faith in Christ. We have to... We have to put our faith in what Jesus did for us, that he sacrificed, that he died on the cross. He was sacrificed for our sin. We have to put our faith in him. We have to receive that bread from heaven. But we can't buy this bread. We can't earn this bread. We can only receive it as a gift. Most people in our country think they're going to get to heaven someday. They're going to get right with God someday by being good. By following religious rules and, and rights and, and helping people. And those are all important to help people and, and, and to go to church. But, but that's, you can't earn by being good enough. Oh, well, someday God will weigh it out. And if I'm more good than bad, then I'm going to be okay with him. It, it's not true. It's not true in heaven, uh, standing at heaven's gate someday. It's not true now. We can't get right with God by earning it, by being good enough. It's impossible. And we can't earn heaven someday. It's impossible. It's a gift. It can only be received as a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. Not by works so that no one can boast. It is a gift. We receive it by faith. You, we take, receive this gift of life. We receive God's forgiveness. We receive the brand new life that he wants to give us. We receive it all by faith. You can't do anything to earn it. Christmas, coming up soon. Day after tomorrow. What if you got a present you're around the tree, and you get a present. You really wanted this present. You get that present, and you say, oh, what do you say? Do you say, I, I can't afford this. Oh, I just can't afford it. Do you say that? No. You just take it. What if you said, well, here, I got a penny in my pocket. Here, mom and dad, this new car, it's, you've done too much for me. Take this penny. Take this penny. A lot of you kids all wish, right? So, wait, take this penny. If you gave them that penny, what would that make that car? It's not a gift anymore. You, if you even tried to give one little work or effort, 
It's no longer a gift. There's nothing we can do except hold out our beggar hands and receive it. Receive it. It's a gift. It's a gift. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not only a gift, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Not like the world's gifts. Not like the world's promises, which are empty. That's why so many people are trying to fill the void over and over again. I, I see it. We see it. We've all done it, haven't we? Just trying to fill that void constantly with something else. Trying to find meaning. Trying to find fulfillment. Trying to find... Trying to fill the void. Look what people use. The, the, the addictions. The, the, the pills. The, the anything to dull the pain. To dull the pain. That emptiness inside. And you know what I'm talking about. Many of us have done it. And, and we know many people are doing it. Only Jesus Christ can fulfill. Only he can heal our hearts. Only he can give meaning to life. Only he can give us purpose, real purpose, and real happiness, which is the Bible calls joy. The joy, the permanent joy that we can have no matter what we're going through. Only Jesus Christ can give that. Do you have that today? Do you want that? You can have it today. You can have the gift that keeps on giving. This Christmas, let's pray. How is God speaking to us? While we're going to this time of prayer between us and God, first I want to speak to those who aren't Christians yet. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've never given your life to him. But you feel God calling you. You know the emptiness. You know the void, the hole in your heart. That you've tried to fill it with all kinds of other things. And and it's never enough. It's never real. It's temporary. A temporary high. A temporary fix. A temporary lie, really. But you can receive Jesus, the bread of life. You can receive the gift of real life that starts here and goes on through all of eternity. You can receive a purpose. You can receive a relationship with the one true God as your Father. You can receive all this through Jesus Christ, His Son. It's a prayer of faith. And you can pray it right now. No matter what you've carried in, it can be left at the cross of Jesus Christ. Anything can be forgiven. Any shame can be washed away. Any loneliness... Anything can be left at the cross. A simple prayer of receiving the gift. Say, God, I want that gift. 
of life. I don't want the garbage anymore. I don't want the sin anymore. I walk away from it. I turn away from it. Forgive me. Put my faith in Jesus who died for me. I give my life to you, God. I give my life to Jesus who rose from the dead for me. To give me a new life, I give my life to you. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you have just received an amazing Christmas gift. A brand new life that will never, you can never lose. It's a gift that will never stop giving. The Holy Spirit is now living inside of you, filling you at this very moment in a supernatural way that is going to shock you. Your life will never be the same. I want to encourage you, if you've prayed that prayer of faith and received the gift of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you came with a friend or family member. You can tell me on the way out. You can fill out the card, stick it in the box. Text me, call me, email me. Let somebody know. Because we're going to be so excited for you. And want to encourage you in your new life in Christ. As we're praying, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, us who have already put our faith in Christ? How is the Holy Spirit convicting us, speaking to us, Maybe we realize that we're spiritually starving. That we need more of Jesus. That we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That we have this amazing gift and we don't use it anymore. We don't appreciate it. We don't let it transform us anymore. But that can change this Christmas. That our prayer is, God, I want the gift that you've given me to keep on giving. I want it to transform me daily. Fill me daily. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would remind us. Every time we eat that we need Jesus. Every time that we... Every day that we need to be filled with your Spirit. I pray that... We would, every gift that we get would remind us that we need to keep the gift that keeps on giving. I pray that nothing would push you out of the top place in our heart. That if something has done that, Lord, that we would knock it out 
and put you back there so we can know the, the real purpose of our life. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.